Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Section, a podcast brought to you by the Rider News. My name is Carl Pascal, alongside with Sean Chornobroff and Dylan Manfrey. We have uh, some pretty big topics to talk about today, one of them being the state of the MAC right now. And Dylan, you brought this topic to us, so why don't you uh, start it off? All right, well, let's get something very, very clear. And Sean, I think you might agree with this on you. You might agree with me on this one. Non-conference basketball should not be played this season. No, I'm just gonna I, put it at that. I'm just gonna not. put it at that. The teams are not ready. There are currently six out of the eleven Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference teams. Can't believe I just riddled that one off seamlessly. Wow, good job. There are currently six of the eleven MAC teams being affected by COVID right now, Ryder Bronx being one of them. And the season's going to start November 25th? No way. No way. Kevin Baggett told John Rothstein the other day that he just, that they're just not ready. And they're not. Like, I don't care where you were before. Like, you're, the Ryder recorded its positive test. Like, that's all, that's all wiped away. Almost, you know, I don't know what they've been doing, like during their lockdown, like what they've been able to do while they were quarantining in their dorm or, or in the quarantine housing on campus. But you're not getting any basketball accomplished. Like that's, you're just not ready. You can't do it safely, and it leads us to believe, you know, the Mac has that that um, that blackout week built into the second to last week of February or the last week in February, I believe. We're getting the precursor to that now. It's going to be a mess. That week is going to get filled up fast if things are happening the way they are right now. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it will get filled up. I said it actually I think a couple episodes ago. I don't think that one or two weeks is going to be enough. Or I actually told you to ask, uh, or I believe I we, t- we had talked about it. I'm not sure we did it live. But one to two weeks might not be enough. I mean, let's look at Canisius already. Um, Reggie Witherspoon recorded a positive test late October. They're on pause again. That happens during the season. That's four weeks out. 14-day mandatory quarantine. I'm sorry, but it's just not a possibility. And then I, even on our last episode, I said save non-conference basketball because it's going to affect the conference standings. And while I still believe that's true, non-conference basketball with the state the Mac is in now puts conference basketball at risk. And no matter what conference basketball comes first, along with player safety, we can't non-Mac teams can't control or Mac teams can't control what non-Mac teams do. Mac teams can kind of keep an eye on each other a little bit better. Athletic directors talk, personnel talk, commissioner Enzer can keep an eye. He's the over and the overruling president body. They can all keep an eye to help things go smooth. Can't do that. Ryder can't be telling Seton Hall what to do or whoever we're supposed to play. Like, they, it just doesn't work that way. So you have to get rid of non-conference basketball, and you have to now put everything towards conference basketball and whatever mess that's going to be. And I, I'll be honest, it is going to be a mess. Like, like I was, we were right, we have our preview articles coming out this week. The amount of times I think, I think I wrote, a, I'm worried about how COVID affects this or that team four or five out of the 11 teams. And there's other teams it could go for because – so many teams have already been affected by this. So, and a lot, there's a lot of roster turnover in the MAC this year. That's not just a rider thing. That's a MAC thing. A lot of teams either brought in new coaches like Iona or lost a couple big time players like a Quinnipiac. 
that it's going to be it's going to be hard for a lot of these teams in a short offseason and that's why I was like non-conference get these people back into play but at this point it's not safe and we said it before the show I think New Jersey broke a record high for COVID cases in a day like we're, we're at the point like we're having new cases like we were in March May April those months and but now we're in November and then we also have Thanksgiving coming up and then we have Christmas coming up and that's supposed to be in the middle of basketball season you can't have non-conference basketball. And if I'm a basketball coach, I'm honestly questioning whether I'm letting players go home. I mean, I don't know if you can control that, but if you're somebody who's from Ohio, you're from somewhere south or you're from wherever, like, because I know Ryder is a player from Ohio. You have players in the MAC coming from all over the country. You have a mandatory 14-day quarantine likely after that. And it, you don't even know what's going on in those situations. Hell, it's even hard. We, it's hard to keep situations enclosed on campus. There's a reason Ryder's sending you home for Thanksgiving break and then you, we're not coming back. It's to control the spread of this pandemic because it would just bring it back onto this campus. There's a reason we've had, we, me and Dylan have had to report on athletes being sent home. Athletic, our athletic director having a meeting with players and captains because we're at that age where we're impulsive. I'm not perfect. I, I, I'm not, I'm not a saint in this. I'm not going to act like I am, but we're at that. We're at, it's our age group, this college age group that is putting these type of things at risk. And now you have to try to control the season, have to, add non-conference play and all of that into this, it can't happen. It really can't. I would love to see it. Really, I was really looking forward to seeing Ryder play Rutgers. I'm a Rutgers fan too. It would have been a nice game for me to watch. But now it's not a game. It's a game that I hope I don't have to watch from a journalistic perspective because I'm worried that it will creep into the Mac and like what else could happen. I mean, Rutgers already – I don't remember if there's a basketball or football team, but one of their teams already had like a super spreader party type event and, it, and it's negatively affected the school or in the beginning of the year. So I just don't see how this happens. I really don't. Yeah. Let's also- just end the episode there, Sean. That was just perfect. You took the words right out of my mouth for everything else I had to, I had to say. Let's, I think we should just end it there. No, nah, we got Obviously, a little bit more to talk do that. about. Yeah, I know we got a little bit more to talk about, but damn, that was just eloquent as hell. That was, appreciate yeah, that. That, was all, appreciate it. that was all the things I was going to say as well. But- my man right here. I mean, one thing I do want to touch on, though, which I'm surprised you didn't mention. We got we to gotta discuss the scheduling model a little bit. The Max released its new scheduling model. And honestly, I like it a lot better than the first one. The first one, you just had 20, you just had your normal 20 games, um, your normal 20 game round robin, and you're going to the different states. I actually really like the home and homes, um, the five home series, five away series. It still gets you to that 20 games. You still had that blackout week in the last week of February, which I honestly think could could be two weeks, if you ask me. Maybe one and a half weeks, maybe ten days. I don't know. I think it you're gonna need a little more than uh, you're gonna leave, need a little more than seven days at the current rate we're going here. Um, and you guys can agree or disagree with me later, but I, I really like that the new model, honestly, and. It's going to be interesting to see how many players or how many teams players have available. Or it's going to be interesting to see how many players are actually available for every team going into this game, going into these games. Because the intention is still is still going to be to play some games here, right? And you got to have a minimum of eight players, no matter who they are, whether they're you know your last player on the bench, your role players, your starters on a mix of a few, your, whether your star player is out, whether they are whether they are playing, 
you got to have a minimum of eight. And it's going to be interesting to see what type of lineup combinations, you, excuse me, you're gonna you're gonna toy with here. Are you gonna throw in someone who's more of a role player, give them some more minutes, cut in the God forbid case that one of your star players gets out, you want them to be fresh and ready to go. You know, last season Sophia tomorrow was, you know, she she hurt herself later on in the season. She got some minutes early on in the season. You know, she played a lot of, in the exhibition against um, TCNJ, played some couple minute a couple minutes here and there against Princeton that first game of the season. Are you taking players like her, Teresa Wolak on the women's side, and giving them some more minutes? Maybe Maya Hyacinth too, giving them some more minutes in an effort to get make sure they're at you know full game shape and full game speed in a god forbid scenario where one of your starting players probably Victoria Toomey if god forbid she goes out god forbid Amanda Mobley goes out or anybody for that matter in your starting lineup are you you know doing things to get your backups ready you know what i mean i think it's going to be very interesting to see the different lineup combinations that uh teams will be using this season. Yeah, actually, and again, that's one of the things that I find most curious about Ryder, especially like staying on Ryder basketball. Like you have to have eight players, and we saw it in the NBA. Like muscle injuries are probably going to be more rash this year because you're going to be in a full injury. You're going to, again, the, and we don't even have the medical resources NBA teams have. Like we have, we have a great medical staff here. But the fact is we don't have medical resources out of Kentucky. A lot of these bigger schools have. It's just the nature of the small school Ryder's a part of. But now you now teams are going to sit out two weeks and go right back into playing. It's going to be hard. And that's one of the advantages I think Ryder has. I counted it today. We have 16 players on our roster. 12 of them are new to the program. But and I don't know if uh, – I um we have a couple D1 transfers. I'm not sure if all of them could play. I know Dwight Murray already got his uh his waiver. I'm not sure about a Malachi D'Souza who played at Albany last year. Or um there's, there's one more D1 transfer who I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But – even if let's just say those two don't, you still have 14. That's more than enough for you to filter through rotation. I mean, what do we see? St. Peter's catch, uh, come second in the Maco in 10, 11 deep last year with a fairly young squad. Like if, like if there's a blueprint for Kevin Baggett to surprise this year, it's St. Peter's from last year. I mean, Christian Ings, I think could take a step up. I really do. I think the kid's explosive. I really like what he could do. He could run a point. I mean, the loss of Corey McKeithen, now puts you down another man, of course. And that's a guy I've talked about him on the podcast in the past. I've seen his high school footage. I mean, I think the kid's legit, but you have a deep roster. You have a mix of experience and youth and you have a youth like Namaya Benson put up 60 points in a high school senior game just because he felt like it. He said, I want to score 60 tonight. He just did it. He was like the fifth player in Ohio history to do it or something like that. Like he just kind of did it. Like there is legit talent on this team. And um, Dylan, you were on the conference call with me. Coach Baggett said, I mean, they've got us picked 11th. I mean, you really don't know how you don't really, you can't really predict that based off the roster because there was so much turnover unless you look at the team inside and out. And as someone who actually has looked at this team pretty much inside and out, there's a lot of talent, but it's a hard, it's going to be hard to mesh that talent together in such a short span of time now with COVID. I have, I'll just say it out here. Guys could check out the article on Wednesday. I have Ryder picked ninth in the MAC. They're 11th. They're 11th in the coaches preseason poll. I think that's flat out disrespectful. Coach Baggett has never come less than seventh in the MAC in his seven, eight years as coach in Ryder basketball. Now, two-time coach of the year, one of its most successful coaches. Sure, there's been a lot of turnover. Might not be the most talented roster they've ever had, but 
put some respect on my man's name. Like for real, like put some respect on his name. The guy is as successful as they come in the Metro Atlantic athletic conference. And yeah, I get it. We lost a lot of players. There's a reason we're not picked first or second. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to ignore that fact. I'm sure Baggett isn't either, but last you think Marist is better than us. They didn't have one player score double digits last year. Their best three point shooter went back home to Canada. Sure. John Dunn's had had some success in the past, but how St. Peter's doing without him. That's the test. How's St. Peter's doing without him? I like John Dunn. I hear he's a very nice guy. I got friends who've covered Maris basketball. He's supposed to be a great guy. I'm just saying, I don't think he's Kevin Baggett. And I do think there's some talent. Christian Ings has, is going to take a step forward. And I'm telling you, Coach Baggett is a leader of men. That's something I think me and you covering him, talking to him. He knows how, he really knows how to talk to young men. He knows how to build men. He really has respect out of every person who plays for him, them, their parents, their families. Now, give him the tool and give him the ability to energize a team off of being picked last in the MAC. I'm telling you, we're going to see some upset wins from this Ryder team, and they're not going to come in last. Sure, I think they're going to finish ninth, but I'm not sure it'll be. It's not going to be a bad ninth. It's going to be a ninth where me and Dylan are talking about how good they're going to be the year after this. I do think they're going to go through some growing pains this season, especially with all the time they're losing, and I almost want to say inevitable injury this season, unfortunately, because of the lack of conditioning that they're going to be in. But they're going to play with one hell of a chip on their shoulder. That's for damn sure. Kevin Baggett, John, you and I both know it. He'll he'll make it known that they got a chip on their shoulder for sure. I I could see them coming in ninth. I, I, I would have to agree with you there, too. Yeah, it's just how I see this team. I mean, and I and – there's a lot of high upside guys on this team. Like, um, Ajiri Ogamuno Johnson, I think that's how you say his name. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a mouthful. But yeah. he's a – look, I mean, the guy's not the most refined center, but, like, he could jump out of a gym. He can go up and grab boards with ease. He'll get more time this year. Hopefully there's some refinement to his game. Christian Ings can jump out of a gym. He's explosive. You have guys who could score. Um, Malachi D'Souza is pretty good defensively. Um, Dwight Murray could score. We we bring in a couple of JUCO guys that are uh, that that had some really good production there. So there's not a there, it's not that there's a lack of talent in my opinion. It's just, it's just that coaches don't have a familiarity with this talent. This isn't an SEC or Big Ten where you're bringing in three, four, five star recruits where even the freshmen are like, oh, top two hundred in the country, you know exactly who they are. These are guys who have played two years of JUCO ball. And I'm telling you, one of these guys is going to surprise. I'm not quite sure who it is yet. I mean, we'll see that once that comes in, once we get into the game. But a couple of these guys are going to surprise. I mean, a guy, I mentioned him before, Namaya Benson. Um, wouldn't shock me. Lawrence Foreman is a guy who took a, um, a, a prep year. And a lot of times when you take a prep year, become a lot more uh, – refined and I mean he's a tall guy good athletic build and he's got some skill to him and he actually played with uh Corey McKeith in high school so that's gonna be a partnership I'm looking forward to in years to come but there's there's athleticism on this team there is talent on this team it is, and sure this isn't a bunch of Pennsylvania guys team but there's talent there's def- there's guys who are who will know how to play a role that's what they've shown in their past especially the D1 guys who transfer the guys who've been at Ryder in the past they know how to play their role they know how to not they know what they're good at and they know how to cater to their own strengths. And more importantly, the coaching staff will know how to cater to their strengths by the end of the season. Sure. Might they know it week one and two, who knows? But I think when we're talking February, when we're trying to fill in those blackout dates, we're going to be talking about how 
Ryder has started to pick up uh, speed. Yeah, I I really think at least for um, Christian Ings, I at the games where I got to uh, take photos at last year, he is arguably, at least in my perspective, one of the most explosive players that Ryder has. For sure. And he's like watching him last year, uh, just taking photos for, for the team. Like he's insane. He's insane. Like you said, he can jump out of a gym, Sean, and he's ridiculously <laughs> explosive. Like you said, uh, but transferring over from the men uh, to the women's team, how do you guys think they're going to do this year? Honestly, I mean, the Mac had them picked, I believe, seventh. You're yeah, seventh, seventh right? Mm-hmm. Lynn Milligan, the defending the defending coach of the 2020 Mac champion Ryder Bronx, will not accept that whatsoever. Absolutely not. I have this, and my thought process is that they – picked them seventh because they graduated six seniors, arguably the best senior class in rider history with Stella Johnson, Amari Johnson, Aubrey Johnson, you know, Lexi Stover, um, Leia, Leia Favre, and Tracy Goodman. Three of those players, well, two, um, Stella and Leia, playing professionally, and Amari is taking um, – uh, she's pursuing her master's in business administration in uh, Ireland and playing college ball there. And honestly, because you lost so six players, yes, that is a ginormous shoe to fill. Um, you know, you don't go every day and just pick up your replacement for Stella Johnson out on the street saying, hey, go score 20, 24.6 points per game and – be caught and be like a 2000 career point score. It just doesn't happen. She is a generational talent that Ryder was so blessed to have in its, in its, um, on its roster for four years. Now they have some, they have some good people coming into the program. I really like, would like to see Michaela fireball. I've heard she's a great shooter. She had some really good games in high school. We know Sophie Bruinches, six foot four, tallest, uh, tallest woman on the team, and I think her post game is great. I think she can run the floor. I think she can be a stretch for, if she you know capitalizes on her three point game. Yeah, she had a little bit of an injury early on in the preseason, but I've heard she's good now too. She really just reminds me of a Lovisa Hen- Henning's daughter. Um, she was who was a senior on Marist in 2018-19. She ended the season fifth in rebounds per game and I think fourth or sixth in blocks per game. And and she was six foot two. And so Sophie Bruinches has two inches on her. If she can mimic her game and get to that level, Ryder's going to have a real good front court in probably Victoria Toomey at at the five, maybe Sophie Bruin just at the four. Honestly, you can interchange the two. Maybe throw Teresa Wolak in there, and they have a junior named Anna who is I think six foot. I haven't really looked up her game all that much yet, but I've heard 
but Lynn Milligan talks highly about her. You also have Amanda Mobley running the points again in an all-Mac second-team selection in the preseason all-Mac poll. I think this team's going to be at least, you know, between set five and seven. No higher than five, really, because I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team unless they really, like, start clicking early on. But I think, honestly, this team this team has some upside to it. They have They have good shooters. And I think they need to just really find their scoring identity again. And someone who's going to surprise a lot of people, Maya Hyacinth this year. She's my real underdog for this season. Anytime she was in the game last season, she just entered the game, didn't even say a word, high-fived the teammates, got the ball, shot a three, bang, done. Checked out of the game, my job is done. She would go make like two threes and that was about it with like seconds left on the clock you know, probably going into halftime or ending a quarter. She wasn't in there for longer than probably five minutes a game with the exception of, you know, the TCNJ exhibition. But, you know, you put her in there, she just hit her shot, done. I would love to see Lynn Milligan utilize her skill set more this season. No, I mean, that's that's exactly what we have to see. I mean, Maya, is like you talked about her offensive game. I, I'm more impressed with her defensively. I mean, she... She's anticipates well, knows how to get her hands in the lanes and create steals. Her steals lead to points, and that's going to be key. I, I think Ryder can win. If so, here here's a blueprint I think for Ryder. You win, you win with good defensive basketball, which Coach Milligan knows how to coach. I mean, if Sophie could be everything you say she is, and then you have one of the best defensive guard duos in the MAC, there's no reason this team can't reach that five spot that you said. I mean, sure, you're going to have to figure out some death stuff, but there's no reason you can't aim for that spot with. Maya, who I think is like good enough to be like an all defensive guard. Amanda's a pretty damn good point guard herself. All max second team for for a reason. And both of them have this net, have this clutch knack. Both of them have this knack to come up big in big moments. So I, I I personally agree with pretty much everything you've said. The five to seven range sounds about perfect, just because of the amount of turnover. And there's one big variable in this season: the coronavirus. It, it's going to affect every team and how how cases creep into different teams at different times is going to be a big teller and also you mentioned before the new scheduling format Dylan tell me if I'm uh, if I'm understanding it wrong but it's five series against five teams so you're only playing or 10 10 series right you have 10 series or like how does it work again you have 20 games so there's so 20, there's 20 games yeah. yeah there's 20 games right two games against the same team back to back Friday okay. Saturday so here, so example. You're still playing Ryder the other Monmouth. ten teams. You're still playing the other you're, ten teams. Then. Yes, you're still playing the other okay. ten teams. You're still playing the other ten teams. You're just playing your season matchup right there. Yeah. You know, you're playing. You know, Riders playing Monmouth. Hypothetical example at Alumni Gym Friday Saturday. Then they'll play. Um, and then the women's team would be playing at Monmouth Friday, Saturday. At Monmouth, that same Friday, Saturday, okay. yes. All right, so yeah, I, I was talking myself into a hole there. I confused myself, but that's going to be one of the, that's going to be another one of those key variables for this season. Like, let's just say we're Ryder, right? We're talking about, I'm saying they're ninth. But if they're opening up the season with Siena and then St. Peter's, you know, two of the top, the, arguably the two top teams in this conference, or Siena and Iona, well, a team that's opening up with Canisius and Quinnipiac, two teams who are projecting more towards the bottom, like let's just say Marist or Fairfield, you know, and they're opening up with bottom and like Ryder has this harder opening slate. They might be down 0-4 or 1-3 while this other team's up 3-1 and or 2-2 and 
And sure, Ryder might be the better team. But then, you know, then you're going to start having tests coming around the holiday season when people go home to see their families. And you're going to be seeing this mess to where we don't expect teams to have all 20 games. You need minimum of 13. We'll get to 13. But some teams might be sitting at 14. Some teams might be sitting at 17. Who knows? But the scheduling that – like, I don't want to be a team that opens up with a hard opening conference slate. I'd rather have that more towards the back burner, towards the back end of the season, because I'd rather open up with those softball teams, especially considering – that, you know, you don't have as much of a preseason. I don't want to open up with I I mean, Iona now, especially like off of Patino's comments during the press conference with us, um, where he said team, teams are having – or players are having trouble kind of grasping his new system. Combine that with a test or a positive test. I'm a little bit worried about them, but I don't, I don't want to open up with Siena. They're one of the few teams bringing everybody back. And plus their coach, I'd much rather open up with Marist or Fairfield or Canisius. That's that's the big variable for me. I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather have a harder end of the season and really be battle tested going into the conference playoff than really have to be battle tested early, have to be in all these dog fights and falling down to these good teams. And you know, and that's when you're going to have injuries ramp up to where now you're having injuries carry over to those games you should be winning that will affect your conference seeding. Yeah, I I think at least for the games themselves like you mentioned, they're probably not going to play all 20 games, at least to me. Seems like maybe the magic number is going to be somewhere between 13 and 15, at least. You need, from, a, you need the minimum of 13 to, make the, yeah. to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you need the minimum of 13, um, and I think the magic number is going to be somewhere around 15, which sounds about right, uh, especially with the two-week break and all the testing coming back from after Christmas, after Thanksgiving, all that stuff. Um, and one thing I don't know... Uh, well, we didn't mention it this time, but fans for later in the year. Um, I don't know if that's still supposed to happen. Isn't that supposed to happen sometime around Christmas? Or did December they nix that? December 23rd was their date. As, you know, they said like no fans until December 23rd. Honestly, the way the virus is transpiring in, you know, the region, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, you know, the three states that the mac is in i think i just held up four fingers three i can count um you know it's it they're gonna go off state and local guidelines there so if this if the governors change anything i think that would definitely have an effect on the max view of whether they want fans in or not and honestly it doesn't really look too good right now we already know they're not going to be allowing cheerleaders or band or dance team, anything like that. Well, you know, for Ryder at least. And, you know, at least we know on Ryder's end specifically, there's no fans for the semester. Yeah. Like, I, I was just wondering on that whether the Mac had decided on anything because I knew their date was oh, sometime around Christmas. I thought it was the 23rd, uh, but I wasn't mm -hmm. sure if they had changed it or anything like that. But they'll probably go off, go off of state guidelines. But either way... Mm -hmm. Uh, check out the previews for Ryder uh, on the website uh, on uh, theridernews.com. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for the podcast here today. Uh, you've been listening to the Sports Section A podcast brought to you by the Ryder News. Have a good one, everyone.